If you are a startup looking to grow in Cambridge, the Bradfield Centre offers a range of flexible membership packages which put you in control of your office and home working mix. There's a vibrant, collaborative atmosphere, on-site cafe, plenty of green outside space and regular member social events. For more information, visit bradfieldcentre.com or call 01223 919600. Welcome to the Cambridge Tech Podcast, talking all things technology from the heart of the UK's tech capital. Here are your hosts, Faye Holland and James Parton. Hi, I'm James. And I'm Faye. Today we're talking to Rebecca Beckenutter and Rosa Del Campo, the dream team who are doing incredible things to welcome new science and technology companies to locate in Cambridge and across the region and to help some of our existing companies grow. What they've done in just under two years is incredible and all credit to their expertise and approach and we're looking forward to them sharing their experiences with us today. So welcome, Rebecca and Rosa. Good to have you with us. Thank it's you. It's good to be here. Thank you. So before we get into the nitty gritty of what you're doing um, with regards to inward investment, let's do some of the formalities. Can you explain, first of all, the organisation, GrowthWorks, Locate Cambridge? Sure, absolutely happy to do that. So GrowthWorks is the trading name for the business growth service run for and on behalf of the Cambridgeshire and Peterborough Combined Authority. Inward investment is one of several service lines, the others being skills, equity, grants, and growth coaching. Uh, the Locate Cambridge is a international brand that the GrowthWorks Inward Investment Team uses outside of the UK and outside of the region. The reason for that is um, we do represent Cambridge, but also we represent the other parts of the combined authority, Huntingdonshire, East Cambridgeshire, uh, South Cambridgeshire, and Fenlands, uh, Peterborough, etc. Uh, and internationally, uh, Cambridge is a renowned brand. Uh, it's a relatively small region, especially if you're looking at markets like the US and Australia. So uh, collectively working with the other parts of the combined authority, Locate Cambridge made sense because we could actually use that brand to pull inward investment into the entire region using Cambridge as the hook. And uh, just to add to what Rebecca just said, we uh, our role is to support and attract the most exciting companies from all over the world to come here and establish in this part of the UK and create high-value jobs for the UK economy. So picking up on that point about attracting companies into the region, I'm, I'm really fascinated by the kind of supply-demand equation. How much of that investment role is people proactively signalling that they're interested in coming to Cambridge versus you guys going out and marketing Cambridge and trying to hook companies in here? Yes, well, it's a very good question. And I think it's it's a mixture of a lot of things. It's a mixture of our connectivity with the likes of embassies overseas, the Department for International Trade internationally, as well as in the UK, working very closely with multipliers, so professional service advisors that already have an, um, a pipeline of international companies mm. that we can actually take things off their desk, but also just companies Googling international expansion, setting up in the UK, uh, you know, the Locate Cambridge website will come up. So it's a mix of everything. But also, I mean... 
um, I'm, I, I saw in some of the things you, we were talking about earlier, we, we have international networks. Mm. Uh, the Locate Cambridge team um, is relatively lean compared to some of the other, other service lines. But um, bar one, we've all come from other parts of the world um, with our own international networks, which is really kind of service this program well. And I guess it's supplementary to that. Um, are, I mean, you mentioned Cambridge as a brand, you know, being obviously internationally recognised. Are companies coming in thinking they want to relocate to the UK and Cambridge is just one of the options that they're assessing? Or are people zooming in on Cambridge specifically because of, you know, the university, the talent, the, the history of the cluster? So I'll go first and then I, I know Rosa is very eager to jump in there. So... Um, <laughs> So yes, yes and no, okay. um, but perhaps more no than you might think. And let me tell you why. Um, Cambridge is renowned for life sciences. Absolutely. I mean, if companies are life sciences and they're looking at the UK, Cambridge is going to be right up there with Oxford and London. But um, we're also looking at uh, artificial intelligence. We're looking at quantum is becoming increasingly popular, advanced engineering and manufacturing, food and drink, agritech, clean energy. Um, these are not only UK competitive sectors, but internationally competitive sectors. Yeah. So, yes, I think Cambridge is a relatively easy sell when you're looking at life sciences, but actually we do have to do our homework and our work when you're trying to attract companies who could actually physically go anywhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we do work with companies that are at the very earlier stage in their investment plans when they are considering different options, different markets that they would like to explore for international expansion. But with all the companies, they have done their own research or, or perhaps uh, professionals from all the countries that have worked in Cambridge previously that are very clear on what they want and what they are looking for. So it depends really on the opportunities so that we can support, for, again, from an earlier stage to provide with intelligence and information that they need to make informed decisions through to operational support when the companies know what they want so that they can get up and running as quickly as possible. So do you want to tell us a little bit more about some of those dynamics of the companies? So depending on the maturity of the opportunity, the support that we offer to these companies is slightly different. So when they are in a very early stage, uh, for instance, they have secure funds, they are ready to scale up and exploring international markets, we normally compete with other destinations, either uh, UK-wide or with other international markets or the European destinations or even the US. So what these companies need at this stage is to really have the facts and figures that they need to make those informed decisions. So we've got uh, people in our team with uh, extensive experience um, analysing information and providing information to these companies that is important for them to make those decisions. And we need to to talk very closely to the company and, and to understand well the investment drivers so that we can put that information that is relevant to what they actually need. That could vary depending on the industry and again the size of the company, but it could cover size of the market, uh, talent pool, research and development capabilities, network, access to funds and VCs, etc. So depending on that, we create a, a proposal that is bespoke to provide with the information that they need to, to make a decision at board level. And that normally includes as well a benchmarking comparison, especially if we know what other cities or locations we are competing with. And that's the way we've got to influence the decision on that company. Is that quite a long process? It is really, and again, depending on the industry, for instance, manufacturing is slightly longer than tech. If a company plans to establish a manufacturing site, there's a lot of you know, planning permission involved. They need to build the premises from scratch. 
that, that takes much longer than a tech company that is pretty agile in, in general. But the average, you could say, 18 months to land a company is what we estimate. I think just, just to add to that, too, I mean, depending on the maturity of the company, for instance, CMR Surgical was one that was a homegrown company here. Um, when we first started to engage with them, they were looking at 14 destinations internationally plus several um, UK locations and actually really hadn't considered Cambridge. Because um, sometimes actually these, these organizations that are very large, you're, you're, you're speaking to kind of the operational team as well as trying to convince the senior management and the board who might have competing interests and you know, conflicting um, and desires. So uh, to Rose's point earlier, you are providing lots of information and it can be very, very intensive and it can go on for months, sometimes more than a year because you have to understand what are the drivers. So there's lots of lots of grants in, in Europe and parts of, of the UK, but not so much really where, where we, we are. So for instance, um, when, you, when you're speaking to kind of boards, oftentimes grants is, is very enticing for companies. Obviously when the money's spent, the money's spent. But there's a lot of grants at governments across the European nations, as well as in other parts of the UK, specifically in the North, less so in the South. So um, to Rose's point earlier, um, companies, this is one, you're, you're looking at multiple destinations internationally, Europe, the US, Southeast Asia. So it's not just statistics and information because it will be very similar across countries and other trade and promotion agencies. So what we really try and identify is the market opportunity for the business. So how are you going to sell? Who are you going to sell to? What is your talent workforce? How is your company going to grow? And actually paint the picture. Um, grants come and go. Um, 10 million grants sounds like a lot, but when the money's spent, the money's spent. And if you've got a manufacturing facility in the wrong place and you can't get your skills, it's not a great use of funding. Um, but we, we do work with companies uh, along various stages of international expansion. But we're also very, very good at telling a company when they're not quite ready. That doesn't mean we won't support them, but it'll be just a lighter touch service. Just explaining to them what they need to do to be market ready and make sure they have um, their funds, their finance, their, I guess, their own house in order and their own market before they even consider international expansion. So I think that's a really good explanation for the kind of support you provide for the business case and the and the actual uh, winning of the opportunity. What what does the support look like once a company's decided to actually relocate or to create a headquarters in Cambridge? So is, we we often see when companies made a decision about the UK, um, they often have visited the market on a number of occasions. Uh -huh. Um, in those cases, what we try to do is to make sure that they are engaging with the right people within the ecosystem so that they can start to build links and uh, build relationships for the longer term and, and, and obviously as well because that's a fantastic way for them to get a you know, first-hand yeah. experience about what the ecosystem has got to offer. Next stage is normally the classic operational issues, finding an office space, rec recruiting people, um, get like the kind of UK compliance in order, like registering the entity, opening a bank account. Yeah. Yep. So we, we can introduce to business service providers for that. And then um, it's about, uh, again, depends on the, on the operation that the, the company plans to, uh, to establish. If it's a research and development operation, making sure that they've got the relevant links within the universities that they want to work with, mm -hmm. that they implement government-funded programs around skills. We've got skills teams that we work very closely with so that they can help to really support companies alongside the workforce planning uh, so that 
they don't focus on uh, transactional recruitment, but more uh, planning so that they can get the, the people that they need at the time that they need it as well. Um, and again, connections with uh, trade organizations so that they can make the most of the networking opportunities. And the more important is making them feel welcome. And this is something that Cambridge does very well. This, uh, this is a fantastic collaborative environment so that the more people that they talk to and, and the fact that they can come to us and ask for any specific question or issue that they may have to get operational is a relief for people that is new to the country. We get questions even on the personal side about schools for the kids, yeah. about how they find a property. So they see us as, you know, their advisors in general yeah. from a business and a personal perspective to really get into the opening day and start to focus on the business. Really. So it's really extensive in terms it of is. the amounts Indeed, of support yeah. you provide. Interesting. Are there any example companies that you can share with us? Definitely. Recent examples of companies that landed into the region are... On the tech side, for instance, C5 and Codasip. C5 is US company, Codasip is from Germany. They are both semiconductor companies that have opened research and development operations in the region. Another example is Getty, which is a Turkish unicorn. Uh, they have developed an app and they actually deliver the fastest grossing delivery, um, one of the fastest grossing delivery services. Between these companies, they are creating hundreds of jobs, new jobs in in the region. Mm. And in addition to that, they are enriching this great ecosystem, you know, and, and adding some value to the 16 companies that are here mm. by bringing new ideas and, and being part of, of a new market. So that's actually a really, really good point, Rosa. Uh, when companies are looking at new markets, the big things are going to be, well, access to market. What is the opportunity for me? Skills, capital and innovation partners? How do I collaborate in the region? The ecosystem of Cambridge is really, really unique in the fact that it's a globally renowned city, but it's actually not large. It's, it's mm. quite quite small. When if you think of global cities like Tokyo, New York, or London, they're huge conglomerates and you could get lost in them. So we help companies navigate these ecosystems. And Getir is a really, really interesting one. And you asked earlier how we came apart our opportunities. Mm. I was actually meeting um, some companies in Istanbul and I happened to, at a networking event, meet one of their directors and shareholders. Right. And we were explaining to them about Cambridge and what we were doing. They made the connection. So that snowballed from there. And there was another, actually, a UK company um, from London, a food and drink company that was wanted to relocate. We, we worked with them to relocate into the Finland, okay. and we connected them to get here because they wanted turmeric wanted to work with companies who could help with their distribution. Okay. They provide turmeric food and drink beverages, and it was a fantastic introduction where two companies who never would have met we were able to introduce them. It's not just about international companies moving into the region, although that's very very exciting because international companies bring innovation, talent, new ideas, new technologies, etc. But it's also very much about helping companies um, grow and expand into the UK. Uh, it's not it's not just relocating their business, but it's growing their business. So what we're seeing an increasing amount of is companies looking to move outside of London. They might keep a small um, nominal presence in London, but move the bulk of their operations somewhere else. The reason for that being is London is a very, very big city. It's hugely expensive. The fight for talent is real. And the UK is actually a very dense market, but very small geography. So the beautiful uh, aspect about the location of our region, Cambridge included, is you can get from London to Peterborough and Cambridge in 40, 45 minutes. I mean, you can't get around the M25 in that 
not even a chance. So we are seeing an increasing amount of companies move from London, but also bigger northern cities such as Manchester as well. Mm-hmm. And on this point, um, it's interesting as well, some feedback that we are getting from tech companies in relation to quality of life. So mm. more and more, that's part of the equation as well when making an investment decision. So in addition to the facts and figures that they need from a business perspective, the access to talent, the access to funding, research and development capabilities, is they want to be in locations where they can offer quality of life for employees and they can attract people that can stay in the longer run with them. So Cambridge is a fantastic example and the region in general is close to the countryside. There are very good schools so that Mm. people can grow families here. So that's more and more becoming important as well. So you touched there on quality of life and I think that's a really interesting point. Um, We've heard a lot of talk, you know, driven by the pandemic, obviously, about companies distributing their workforces and remote working. Uh, I think we're starting to see that... um, returning to some sense of normality with people realizing what they lose by not being co-located with colleagues as you're in the business of attracting companies you know physically into the region what what's your opinion on that well actually that's a very interesting point and i, I think for all the harm it did COVID actually did give us some some gifts if i can say that I think you're absolutely right. We are attracting companies into the region, but the nature of the investment tends to be different than it might have been, let's say, 10 years ago, where companies had to have a physical office. They had to have 100 desks that was open plan and you yeah. know, you, you might have a small cafeteria for lunch, but you, you don't need to have that anymore. So what we're seeing, um, as I've been kind of going around visiting companies in the region, is that they're actually redesigning their footprint in the area. So there's more there's more co-working space. There's more collaboration space. There's less desk space yeah. because people do miss the interaction with colleagues, the generate the ideation is a word that I hear quite quite a lot. Yeah. You know, what's happening with you? I need help on this. Just there's no there's no substitute for physical interaction. However, there's no substitute for quality of life either. Yeah. Nobody wants to be stuck for 45 minutes, an hour on a train or on the motorway. So if you can actually work from home in a nice market town uh, or suburb of Cambridge, uh, which this region has a plenty, it's a beautiful part of the country to live in, you've got your quality of life, you can spend time with your family, you can easily get into Cambridge or Peterborough um, to meet with your colleagues, get into London for a meeting, but even actually easily hop over to the European mainland to meet your suppliers and your networks. I I do think that COVID has really helped us in this way, but it also actually helps companies attract the talent they need and Mm. actually manage the way they approach business and flexibility, because now more than ever, your employees can be choosy. They've known what it's like to be flexible. And so if you're willing to be flexible and trust your workforce to do what they need to do, you're going to attract the best talent. And a little bit on that note, how many do you think of the companies that you're talking to are coming here because it's access to talent or it's access to the R&D? You know, is there, is there like a logical split between those It is, areas? definitely. Access to talent, uh, access to innovation capabilities and access to private funding for tech, for the tech sector are the, the main the main investment drivers. I would say that access to talent is uh, at the top of the agenda, um, especially in uh, knowledge intensive industries and deep tech. Um, That's the the main main key driver for companies. They need to understand 
how many people is working in this specific part of the UK, how many people is coming out of the university, how many programs are available for them to implement so that they can make sure that they develop the workforce. So those are very, very critical, important aspects to win investment. And I think we are incredibly well placed, uh, you know, in this area, really. Do you think that part of your role as well is attracting people to the area, so it's companies, but do you think there's kind of a sideline that actually because you're promoting Cambridge that more people would want to come here? Uh, maybe that's a side effect of it, but I would say that people moves around jobs and around quality of life. So having fantastic companies coming into the region with new exciting opportunities, it drives people coming here. Definitely, I think it's a side effect of it. I would also say that the beauty of inward investment is that actually they're also bringing talent into the area, not to compete with existing workforce, but to create new jobs and to create innovation and to work with our skills team and what does a workforce, what does a company need for the future? You know, how can we put a bespoke skills program for existing investors that actually train and identify the skills they need? Because, I mean, there is a skill shortage in the UK, but also internationally. So to be able to bring innovative companies and actually leaders and innovators into the UK, it actually makes our position much stronger. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great point, isn't it? We we kind of get obsessed sometimes about recruitment and skills, but it is a global um, issue. It's not just isolated to here. And I think the other thing to add, and I think it goes back to the point I made earlier about the quality of your life and the flexibility. If Cambridge and Peterborough is seen as a great place to live, work and play, and it is, people are going to come because they can. It's a great place to live, work and play. You do not have to be in a city centre block building. You can be wherever you need to be. And you've got, you know, the market towns in your doorstep. You know, if you're if you're sitting in London or if you're sitting in the center of a northern city, the proposition is fantastic. Especially if you want to grow your business and your network. It's a it's it's a great place to do that. So that's been a really interesting conversation, learning more about, you know, your day-to-day roles and uh, the impact that your work's having. Uh, how have you both got to these roles and you know what what's your career been to this point in time? So I'll, I'll, I'll start with that one. And I think there's, there's no one answer to that. Um, I mean, would you agree with me, Rosa? Absolutely. I love the work I do. It's absolutely phenomenal. You get to meet so many interesting businesses and people. But I don't think anybody ever goes into the fifth grade um, and say, you know, when they have career day and say, I want to yeah, be right. an international trade investment specialist. I think it goes back to actually what do you actually physically love to do? You know, if you like international cultures and business and travel, that's probably a really good place to start. If you're interested in business and, you know, the decision-making psychology of business, a good place to start. Mm. Yeah, and I think sometimes you just fall into these, into these roles. I mean, the way, the way I ended up getting into this particular job, you know, when I finished my university in very, very middle North America, think corn and cows, you'll get the idea. I did international travel and backpacking because, you know, there were loads of jobs, friends were getting jobs, and I thought it's kind of now or never. And when I ended back into corn and cow country, I thought this really isn't what I want to be. I, I, there's a, a bigger world out there. So I got a job for a British firm in Chicago who was helping U.S. companies expand internationally in the manufacturing sector. Right. So I thought that sounds like something really, really interesting. And 18 months later, I kind of found myself 
in the UK, what I thought was going to be 18-month placement and 16 <laughs> years later, I'm here doing doing what I love. So I think it's there's no one way. Rosa, what's your path? Yeah. For me, it's a kind of a similar situation. I always wanted to see what is out there. Originally from Spain, I grew up in a you know middle-sized town, and I thought the world is very big. I need to go out there and explore what I can see and what I can do for other companies. So I, I've managed to get a grant from the Chamber of Commerce in Spain to work uh, for a year at the Spanish Chamber of Commerce. And after that placement, I was offered a permanent job and I you know, pretty soon became the, uh, the Deputy Secretary General of the Spanish Chamber of Commerce in the UK. It was fascinated uh, six years uh, in, the, in that organization where I had the opportunity to support uh, bilateral trade and investment between Spain and the UK and met amazing you know, people doing cross-border business. And after that uh, journey, I moved to managed service consulting, working for big public sector contracts to attract foreign direct investment into the UK, working for EY and PA consulting in a contract that they had with the Department for International Trade, where I had the opportunity to meet Rebecca as well. And that's how I got here, really. And once you are in here, you are not able to get out because it's... <laughs> it's like it Hotel is, California. It is. <laughs> no, the thing is, the most exciting part, and I think Rebecca mentioned this, is we talk to the most exciting businesses from all over the world on a daily basis. So it's, it's an amazing view of, you know, trends, what is happening, where companies are going trends in different parts, not only in tech, but across uh, other industries as well. And it's, it's not a boring job. You just get you know, new stuff every day. So it's a continuous learning curve. And I guess you're both ideally placed. I mean, your jobs is to sell Cambridge and Peterborough, an American and a Spaniard selling <laughs> the UK. I mean, you're the perfect advocates. If you stayed, then, you know, you're, you've got a much more unbiased, compelling view of the world. No, I mean, we, we, we are the poster children yeah, for, right. for Cambridgeshire and Peterborough. I mean... <laughs> So it's, like I said, it, it's not hard to sell something you really, really believe in. But I think what makes Rosa and I unique, and we've, we've worked together for a very, very long time, is we've always been on that kind of bridle between public sector and private sector. So mm. we've been consultants, you know, working for EY uh, for government contracts and DIT for government contracts. So we actually do know business, we understand business, but we also understand how to utilize the public sector to maximize business opportunities. Mm. And I think the companies we work with really, really value that insight. It's great to hear your passion. Obviously, we love Cambridge. That's why we do Cambridge Tech Podcasts. But you really are advocates for the region. And obviously, I've, I've had the delight, the pleasure of working with you in, in a couple of, of activities. Um, one thing you may not know is people listening to the podcast are all over the world. 50% uh, are in the US. So if anyone is listening and, and wants to talk to you, how would they get hold of you? Anybody listening from the US, hello, um, my home people, very, very good to speak to you. I think that um, there's a few initiatives that we have coming up that I'd like to um, promote internationally. Yep. Um, there's no cost to it, so I'll just caveat by that. We like to call them market access programs. We've run two already. Uh, the first one we ran last summer uh, in the life sciences sector, followed by one we ran in the AI sector uh, in December. Uh, and we will be running one um, in advanced engineering and manufacturing coming up shortly to be followed by agritech, uh, clean tech, and then potentially another life sciences or AI to be determined. So the idea is we're looking for well-backed 
companies who are ready to enter the UK market, hopefully to land in Cambridgeshire and Peterborough, with an, an interesting product or proposition or company that fits the uh, the Cambridgeshire and Peterborough ecosystem. What we will then do is we will shortlist the companies. We tend to get 30 to 60 applicants after we've kind of filtered them by our preset criteria, which is usually, are you ready to enter a new market? We'll line up a, pa- a panel of experts, depending on the sector, they, they will differ, but they tend to be uh, a funder, like a VC, uh, an incubator, an accelerator, somebody who can help commercialize IP, a mentor. Uh, it could be a range of different people depending on the industry. And we will let these companies pitch to these panelists uh, their business, what they're looking for and what they need. And then the idea is there's no winners or losers, but you have this network now of experts, leaders in the Cambridge and Peterborough ecosystem who can then help facilitate and accelerate your journey into uh, the market. To give you an idea of what that looks like, for the life sciences competition we ran uh, last summer, we had uh, a European biotech company that did whole body body imaging to kind of identify precancerous cells, etc., working with one of the health networks in Cambridge and Peter, but to help commercialize their IP and take them through a program. Our AI competition we ran in December. We had a U.S. investor who are, is currently operating here in the region. But um, when I spoke to them, because obviously we help companies grow and expand when they're here as well, in one of the conversations we had, the CTO, who was based in West Coast USA, mentioned to me that they wanted to adopt new AI technologies to help streamline their manufacturing process. So when we ran our AI uh, market access program, we asked the CTO of this company if he'd be willing to be a panelist. He, he accepted. He absolutely just loved it because he had 10 companies who he's now working with, well, not all 10 of them, but we've identified a few, to help pivot their technology to enter his supply chain. And for those companies, successfully kind of working into the UK, for this company, we've identified solutions that he never would have had access to, or certainly not as quickly um, as we were able to promote. So really, really great programs. So if you go into the locatecambridge.uk website, uh, you'll have information about the next one. Please do register. We'd uh, would love you to participate. And to the question about how, how you get in touch, the uh, locatecambridge.uk website is a fantastic uh, way to get in touch. Rebecca.Becanutta at growthworks.uk or rosa.delcampo at growthworks.uk. But if you don't know how to spell that, and I wouldn't blame you if you didn't, just go to the locatecambridge.uk website. It'll go straight to us anyway. And we'll put that on the episode as well. Thanks so much for giving us your time today. Very much appreciated. Love the work you're doing. Great for the region. And uh, long may it continue. Thank you very much for having us here. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Can you believe it? Next week is our last episode of 2022 and we don't even care that we're putting it out on Christmas Day. So tune in for what has been affectionately named Emma's Christmas Bundle. We'll explain why next week when we sign off for the year and provide you with a quick update during your festivities. Today's show was produced by Carl Homer of Cambridge TV and supported by our media partner, Business Weekly. The Cambridge Tech Podcast is available on all major podcast platforms and on cambridgetechpodcast.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please give it a five-star review. It will really help others discover the show.